0: I was praying before this service and I'm like, God, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna recreate what I did in the first service. Um, But I see that nobody's left, which was my biggest prayer. So if I can just retain 50% of you, then I I think I've done my job. Now I know the 11 o'clock service is probably a lot more awake than the nine o'clock service and I can attest to that because I watched everybody. (laughs) So one of the things the Lord blessed me you don't really know how things go until you, in, until you walk in somebody's shoes. And, and I was really nervous to get up here and speak because I didn't want to look around at the faces and see everybody staring at me while I give my, you know, my testimony. But one of the things the Lord blessed me with is these, uh, bright lights. Cause I can't really see you guys that and bad sight. And I think we can get through this together. So as pastor Luke said, my name is James Garrett and, uh, I've been trucking with Pastor Luke for about, man, when he got started here in Newport. I moved to Newport to get away from a lot of things, um, mainly myself. Um, I had a choice. I made the right choices. I made a lot of the wrong choices, but one thing that I do know, one thing that I'm proud of with Pastor Luke is that he changes. He's correctable. He learns. I've known a lot of men of God. I've known a lot of pastors. I've known a lot of people that know the word. And, and, and one of the things that, that I've seen trucking with God my whole life is there's just people that they can't learn. They don't change. They're not correctable. And, and I praise the Lord that we have a pastor that he knows he makes mistakes. And I'm okay with that because that to me is real. And that's what I need. I need real because there's a lot of fake stuff in this world. So man, see, I didn't say that at all in the first service. I'm (laughs) That's pretty good, that is pretty good. And nobody's left yet, we're good. So I'm gonna stand up here and I'm gonna tell you a little bit about myself. I'm gonna try to get into the Word. You know, I'd I'd sit in the front row, listen to Pastor Luke talk and I'm thinking, man, we've only gotten through two lines, man. I can't believe, so when I get there, when I got the call, man, I'm gonna run through the Word so fast. And so last service, I only got through five pages of my 17 notes. And I was okay with that because I kind of got lost and started shooting from the hip. And I was a little nervous, but you know, it was received well. And and I I praised the Lord. One of the things that touched me is the amount of love, the amount of prayers, the amount of people that came up to me and said, Man, let me pray for you, brother. Man, you're going to do good. And this is the love I felt in South Beach when I first walked into these doors. I felt loved, and I continue to feel loved. And for the amount of people that prayed for me, and I didn't know it because I'm an 11 o'clock guy, but at 8.30 in the morning, there's a group of people that pray right here. And they prayed so fervently for me and so amazingly for me, and a lot of them quoted Scripture that I didn't even know. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to hope I do well. But the love that they showed to me was the same type of love that we need to show everybody that comes through that door and even the people that walk by because I feel... In my heart, that if you can show that love to people, that this place will be filled. And not because we have a pastor that preaches a good message. That's a plus. But because we have a congregation that loves unconditionally, forgives, holds no account of wrongs. We have to have a congregation that comes together. And you'll see in my message, that's what this message is about, is unity and love. Because without unity, without love, we can't do this. Without us all stepping up and doing our part, Pastor Luke, don't go on vacation. And I am so glad the COVID test came back negative because I did not want to have to do this again next week. (laughs) So praise the Lord for healings. So before we get started, I'd like to start us in prayer. I forgot to pray. (laughs) Yeah, I hit the ground running last service, and that's okay. But uh, this service, I'd like to take it to the Lord. We're going to go to the Lord. We're going to pray. And then I'm going to get into some stuff. Father God. I pray for our pastor, Lord. I thank you that all the tests came back negative, Father God. I pray for his little girl, Father God, that's going through it. Father God, we want to believe that you're the healer, but we don't want to go through anything to get healed. But you know that you're with us every step of the way. So I pray, Father God, right now, as I can't even remember most of the stuff I said first service, I just pray right now that you just organically fill me again, Father God, for it's your word that comes through me, I'm just here, I'm available. You asked me to do this and this is what I'm doing. So less of me, more of you, and I just pray that you give me a message that even if nobody hears it except for one person, then let me touch that one person, Lord. Let's do this together, God, me and you. Through your word, I love you and I praise you, amen. Amen. So the first time I got the call, to do something for the Lord, I was a little kid. I think it was six, seven, eight, I don't, I don't remember. I've lied so much in my life, I can't remember a lot of the stories. So, I'm gonna try to keep it on track. I'm pretty sure that some of my family members that are watching will call me later and, and tell me, that's not how it happened at all, but. So, I was an altar boy. I I, wrote, I, I was raised in a, in a Catholic type, you know what I mean, environment, and uh, my mom was from Spain, my dad was a hillbilly from Alabama, and so, you know, that was a great pair. Beautiful mix, you know. And, uh, and so they loved each other till their dying days, you know, and, and it, it, it helped me. But one of the things I remember early on, and I don't even know how I remember this because I don't remember nothing else from when I was that age, but I remember being an altar boy. I got the call and I was super excited. And one of the things about a, a Catholic service is, is when you take the bread, it, toward the end of the service, they take communion and there's a ringing of a bell. You get two rings of a bell. So after they take the body, bing, 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 you ring it, and then after they take the blood, you ring it, and then you got about seven more minutes, and then you're at lunch. So it's very ceremonial, and you know, I, and I, and I kind of I appreciated that later on in my high school years, because I was like, all right, man, we'll be at lunch, I promise, there's, they never go over, priests never go over. So I was thankful for that when I was little. But one of the things I can remember is sitting there super excited. And I, like I'm doing now, with a smile on my face, I'm looking around and I'm just smiling at everybody. And it came the time for me to ring the bell and I'm smiling and I'm looking around and it's super quiet. And the priest stopped talking and, and I wondered, and then he looked back at me. I'm thinking, oh man, something messed up. <laughs> and he's looking right at me. And he gave me the same look my mother used to give me when I fell asleep in the pew and my wife gives me from time to time when I talk too much. She's not giving it to me now, so I'm doing good. So this guy looked at me, and I knew exactly what it was. Boom, I rang that bell. And I wasn't going to see the beautiful thing about God is you always get another chance with the Lord, especially in my life. So the next time I was right on cue, I rang that bell. One of the most amazing days of my life. So I say that to say this. If I get up here and freeze and start looking at you, help me out. One of you guys, give me that look. I got strategic people that I've sat everywhere, so that way I feel comfortable when I look at you. Okay, we're good. So, like Pastor Luke had his anniversary, I had my anniversary too. 10 years this Friday. Amen, amen. And the one that really deserves the applause is my wife. Because let me tell you something. Amen. I love you, babe. I love you. She was so nervous for me. You know, I said, don't be, I'm nervous enough for the both of us. One of the things that I love about my wife is that she. Stuck in there and listened to the Lord when she had no business staying with me. She was abused in every way by me, mentally, physically, emotionally, and she stuck in there. She dug in, and later when I asked her why, she said, because the Lord told me to wait. And I knew that that was from the Lord because in the word it says, be patient and tarry on the Lord. And my wife did just that. And so as we're celebrating our anniversary, she's telling me these things. We got a table at Georgie's, and I put flowers on a table, you know what I mean? I thought that was pretty cool. And on the way there, she was, you know, explaining to me how, hey, you know, you don't have to surprise me. You know, it's okay. We can just go to dinner. And, you know, I thought I surprised her. And we get there, and she tells me all these beautiful things. And I'm reading the card, you know, how she's proud of me. And, and it started to sink in the process that happened because I didn't really realize it. And even when Pastor Luke asked me to do this a month ago and I jumped in and said, yes, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? It didn't dawn on me that the Lord had changed me from the inside out. That it was a process that I wasn't even aware of. We go through seasons in life and I've went through a lot of good seasons and I've went through a lot of hard seasons, but we go through seasons in life. And there's four seasons, God created four seasons And if you look at a tree in the winter and there's no leaves and there's no fruit, sometimes you'd think it's dead, cut it down. And I praise the Lord that when my tree had no fruit or no leaves, in a dark time of my life, nobody cut me down. And I thank him and I thank my little spitfire, smoking hot Mexican wife in the back. (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) See, I can get a little bit crazy now because they're not taping me. The first service is on video, and they told me the second service, we are just recorded, you know, just so. So praise the Lord. I love you, babe. <laughs> so you know the five by... So how many read the five by five reading card? Let's, let's get down to business. One, two, okay. All right. How many just read it today? Because I don't usually read it, but I read it today so I can qualify. <laughs> That's what I do sometimes. I want to raise my hand, so I'm like, man, I read the five by five, so... One of the things I've gotten from the five by fives is Ephesians five. Ephesians five, and I didn't just read Ephesians five. One of the things that I do is I, I try to get things as a whole. I don't wanna just take bits and pieces. I wanna get things as a whole because sometimes you can, you can hear something and it might not be exactly the way you heard it. Like when I come home some days and I'm you know, not really paying attention and I ask my wife, are you okay, honey? She goes, I'm fine. Now I could take that and keep going on. She's fine, she said she's fine. I'm gonna go over here and watch some TV. (laughs) Or I can read into that, I can listen to what she's saying, I can dig deep, and I can understand and try to love my wife. In the message of Ephesians, the whole book of Ephesians, there's two, pretty much two phases. One, two, and three are doctrinal. They tell us who we are in Christ. Four, five, and six are practical. And how great is it that I'm teaching on the practical part? But we can't forget the doctrinal part. Because if we forget who we are in Christ, what Christ did for us, then the practical part makes no sense. And if the practical part makes no sense, then we start thinking that the word is not true. And that is not good. We have to be in unison, it's got to work together. The church doesn't work unless it works together. God doesn't work unless he works together. He sent his son to die for our sins, he baptized him, he gave him the Holy Spirit and Jesus prayed and let the Spirit lead him. All working in unison. This was God on earth and he was working in unison with the Spirit and with his Father. Why would we do any less? Why would we just take bits and pieces? I'm just going to listen to God. For a long time in my life, when I was in my dark days, I didn't read the word. I didn't want to know the word. I didn't care about the word. But I still prayed to God. I still talked about God. And I feel like the spirit led me sometimes. Because sometimes I got out of situations where everybody else went to prison, and I just, for some crazy reason, listened to the voice in my head, and I was out. In my darkest days, when I was hating on the Lord, when I was cursing the Lord in the streets, he was loving me. Just like the song said, Jesus does not want heaven without us. What? He doesn't want heaven without me? And at a time when I hated God, I didn't want to know nothing about God. I blamed God for everything. Like Barabbas, when the jailers came to set him free, he was fighting him. The man that came to set him free, that Jesus was gonna take his place, he was fighting him. I was Barabbas for years. And God was there. And I was so grateful. How am I doing? Pretty good. How are you doing, babe? Over here. All right. Yeah, because I'm not wearing my glasses. I, I got the big font, but I'm still lost, so that's okay. Do doing good on time. Last, last service, I went over time, and yeah, so this time I'm going to try to stay. Well, you guys, oh, well, this is second service, so I can go. We can do this, right? We can have that old Christian fire and brimstone revival. Anybody got reservations at Georgie's? Nobody's got reservations? Because if you got reservations at Georgie's then you're late, they only give you an hour and a half. You can be late to your reservation, but if you're an hour and 10 minutes late, you only got like so many minutes to eat. I found that out the hard way. (laughs) So we won't go into that story. We'll save that for another time. The foundation of the world, he said that we will seat, we're seated with Christ. We are seated with Christ. Seated is is not a, a work. Seated is not, seated is a rest. And so I'm thinking, My burden is easy. My yoke is light through the valley of death. I mean, all the scriptures that I go through are always peace, joy, relaxation. So I figured, okay, all right, let's do this. I jumped into the Lord and I figured that's it. Got baptized, good to go, right? It's all easy street from here. And then I started reading Started chucking along on this front seat with Luke, hearing some words like bittersweet, civil war, these are oxymorons, suffer well. These are words that are not supposed to go together. Suffer well. I can define my life in two pieces. When I was not suffering well, and when I was suffering well. Ephesians has this undertone of unity and love. We have to do nothing, and this is the part that took me years to understand. We have to do nothing to earn the love of God or else we take away from what Jesus did. It's freely given. When I was in Arizona, I worked this job And I always kept a hundred bucks in my pocket because I wanted to bless whoever the Lord told me to bless. And there was this man sitting in this parking lot one time when I pulled in and he came up to my car and he had his baby and his wife in the car and he came up begging me for money. Said, please, I will started to take jewelry off his neck. Please, I'll sell you this jewelry. I just need money. Well, he came to the right place because I freely give. So I gave him the $200 I had in my pocket. Here you go, brother. And he proceeded to try to give me that jewelry. And I did not want that jewelry. I said, You don't have to. We went around for five minutes. And I said, Brother, I love you. Go ahead. It's okay. You you know, at the end, he left it on my truck hood and he took off. (laughs) Later on, I got home and through the grapevine, you know, um, my wife had told me that two or three of my family members, the same thing happened to them. And so we took the jewelry down. We got it tested, and it was fake. And those family members were mad. They called me up. They said, let's go looking for this dude. I said, I don't have to. I didn't need nothing. I don't care. So I got $200 of costume jewelry. If anybody wants to buy it, (laughs) let a brother know. One of the things we got to be careful with is not making anything united in Ephesians at the end of Ephesians it says wife submit to your husband and then it goes on to tell husbands husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church if you take either one of those out of context and I've known because my wife was one of these she submitted to her husband but her husband didn't love her like Christ loved the church it doesn't work with just part of it and what happens when you just get part of it, you get a beater, you get a battered person that begins to not believe the word of God, that begins to go away from what the scriptures say because they get an incomplete scripture. So when she was telling me on our anniversary that she was proud of me, it made me think, you know what? That scripture was complete. I loved my wife as Christ loved the church. And as we made it home last night and she got angry about something else, you know what? I said, babe, that's my fault. Isn't that what I said? Right? I didn't say that? Okay. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> Guys, try that out, man. Come to our men's meeting. You'll find out. Be an authentic man of Christ. And one of the ways to be an authentic man of Christ is to think eternally. It's beyond this, man. This is just, we're just rented. We're intense, like it says in Second Peter. This is just a rental. This is not forever. All this pain, all this anguish, it's not forever. And I know, I, I get caught up in the emotional part of this, and oh, man, and, and you, just, you just have this one-track vision. Kind of like when I go to my daughter's softball games, I sit right behind the ump. Man, I'm that dude, you know what I mean? And my daughter's the catcher, and, I'm, you know, I, and I think the Lord blesses me because I'm behind the ump, so I can help the umpire. I have to help the umpire. Because he needs help on his calls. He's wearing that mask. I'm clear as a bell, you know. They don't appreciate that sometimes. And I get crazy at these softball games. I mean, I'm screaming. and I, Oh, man. And I, there's sometimes, I, and like I said, my daughter's a catcher, and so she can hear her dad, and I just scream. Ah, she misses a ball, and I know, and I'm thinking, man, it's, man, we got one inning left, and you guys, ah! And as she looks at me crying, and my wife's looking at me like that, priest looked at me when I was a little kid, I'm thinking, oh man and then after the game win or lose everything's okay because it's more than the game this life is chaotic especially now and as if what pastor luke says is right and what the word tells me is right it's going to get crazier and we need each other when i was preparing this sermon first time i ever prepared to talk this long which people that know me are like, no way. You know, you're long-winded dude. You could do this. Yeah. My brother, all right. Where's Chris Gifford, man? He was going to heckle me. Somebody explored him out. He already left. But when I was preparing this message, I had, to, I had to understand two things. One, it's not about me. When I come to church, it's not about me. I was that churchgoer that sat in the pew and said, you know what? I need a message. You need to feed me. And then got a good word. And I was that guy that when I left and I didn't get a good word, I'm like, eh, that pastor. And I always take what the pastor says and go check them. I always look in the word and check them. And I felt real good about myself because I know all the times I've checked Pastor Luke, a couple of times he said a scripture and he said the wrong number. I'm like, no, that's Proverbs eighteen twenty-one, brother. And I felt good about myself because you know what? I'm not perfect either. And to see a man stand up here in perfection, then I don't have to be perfect. I don't believe that there's any actual leaders in the church I just believe from praying with these uh, older people this morning that there's people that know more about the word than I do. There's people that's had more life experiences than I had. There's wisdom that I can get from everybody. When I was preparing this message, I talked to believers. I talked to unbelievers. I talked to people that go to church. I talked to people that don't go to church. And I got wisdom from everybody. Like Pastor Luke said, you know what I mean? Like when you're eating a tuna, you know what I mean? Just pick out the meat and throw out the bones. Well, that's what I did. God is everywhere. And whether people believe him or not, he is everywhere. Whether you wanna believe in God or not, he's, he, he's God. So when I got up here preparing my message, the one thing that I, I didn't have to worry about is the truth because that never changes. It transcends generations. It's gonna be here at, at the end of time. And that's pretty good for me because you know what? I was super nervous to come here and talk about anything because I didn't feel like I had good material because you know what? I'm not that studied in the word. I sat down with Pastor Luke last Sunday and man, we sat down and I'm like, well, what do you think about, you know, he read the scriptures and he goes, what do you think about it? And I said, well, what do you think about it? And he said something like, man, I got to study a whole lot more. <laughs> this dude knows the word so good. Seeing things that I didn't see, but that's why it's called the living word because all of us see something different in it. And that's great. We need that, because we're, everybody's different, and different is okay. We are all created in the image of God, and, and, and God is different. And we need each different person so that we can organically come together. It's all about come together. United we stand, divided we fall, it's on our money. It's on some of our money. The people that use Bitcoins, I don't know. It might not be on Bitcoins. But it is definitely on cash. And because I'm so computer illiterate, I still use cash. (laughs) So lining up with the word, Jesus is the word, says it in John. So when you line up with the word, you line up with Jesus. You pray to God, you line up with Jesus, and you let the spirit lead you. As a fishing town, you fishermen out there, you know what leading lights are. Also known in the United States as range lights. Range lights are a pair of light beacons used in navigation to indicate a safe passage for vessels entering a shallow or dangerous channel. They may also be used for position fixing. At night, the lights are a form of leading line that can be used for safe navigation. These lights, if not used in unison, could cause the ship to wreck. I believe if you don't use the word God, and the Holy Spirit in unison, you're gonna get wrecked. I'm telling you from personal experience. I learned the word of God when I was young from a bunch of nuns who kept slapping my hand in school. And I knew the word of God. And he was outside of me most of my life, doing things for me out here, saving me, watching me, loving me. And then one day in an alley I hit my knees, ready to curse him again. And I swelled up with tears and I said, I'm sorry. And then he came into me. And I wish I could say the process had a complete turnaround. Road to Damascus, I was blinded, woo, now I see, let's go minister. But it didn't happen that way for me. It's been a struggle. But I will tell you this, I began to suffer better. I began to suffer a lot better until today where I believe I'm suffering well. I got two shining moments in my life that I'll never forget. One when my father passed and one when my mother passed. And I say that to say this. Peter makes a claim that this is a tent and it's an exodus. We're leaving this just a rented body. And that helped me because I knew the word of God. And I prayed to the Lord. And I let the spirit guide me. When my mother passed, I didn't go left field like I did when my dad passed. When my dad passed, I hated on the Lord. I can't believe you took him from me, Lord. I can't believe my dad is gone. And I hated on a being that created me and loved me and watched over me and saved me while I was cursing him giving strength to my wife, giving strength to my family members, giving strength to my brothers who stayed behind me and continued to love on me. And to reciprocate that love, when I changed, I wanted to do as many right things as I did wrong things, and I became very legalistic. I read the rules, and I incarcerated myself in the rules of God. And I overserved, And how freeing it was when I found out that these aren't rules. This is a recipe on how to make good cake. That's all it is. And like when you bake a cake, if you leave out the sugar, I will not be eating a piece. <laughs> so the word of God has to work in unison. It's got to work together, or it doesn't work. I was preparing this message, and yesterday I was trying to write it all down, and I got to watch my times. I went over. Where's Adam? We're good. I was writing it all down, and you know, I had I I I took a break because I mean, I was just oh man, I was so nervous. I wanted to deliver a good message to you guys, and and there was uh, a guy that worked for me, name's Casey, and his wife. They're sitting right over here, and he was getting on his little crotch rocket. You know, they were going to go for a ride, and his wife was on the back. She'd probably never been on. You got you never been on it, right? One time, one time. And she looked like she'd only been on it one time because she didn't know where to sit. And you know, and the one thing I remember telling her is, hey, when you get on that, you just hold on tight and just, you got to work in unison. And when I seen that, I'm like, yes. I went back to my message, which I should do right now too. See, I used, to, I used to think Pastor Luke was like, man, that guy's crazy, man. just only talked about two scriptures. Now here I am doing the same thing. We did that. Peter, Peter. Oh, Peter, <laughs> Petey. Petey's a lot like me. Petey's a lot like me. Shoot from the hip. You know what I mean? Jump into things without thinking. When I okay to do this, and then, you know, for a month, I was like, oh, man, what did I do? But I believed I was called early on, and I believe Peter was called too. Peter's first name, as a lot of you guys know, was Simon. What I didn't know was Simon meant hearer, listening. And then they changed his name to The Rock. And so Peter, as most of you know, let me catch up on my notes. I'm going to catch up real quick. Everybody, you're good? good? This is organic. So those, how many people came to the first service? It's totally different, isn't it? It's totally, yeah, see, I don't know. I couldn't recreate it. I didn't remember. I didn't write it down. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Peter, because that's what I do. When I read the word, this is what I, I, you know, and this is just my advice to you. Somebody's up here talking. They're giving you the word. Go home and check them. Don't believe them. I don't believe Pastor Luke. I go home and check them. I pray about it. I go to God. I read the word. And then I follow my spirit. And most of the time, he's pretty on the money. Sometimes it might not be for me. Because remember, like I said before, it's not all about us. If all of us thought past the front of our nose, this would be a more beautiful world. I believe that. Peter, we all knew, was originally named Simon, which means, well, we already did that. He was a Galilean fisherman and was the brother of Andrew. The brothers came from a village called Bethsaida. John 1, 43, 12, 21 tells us Peter was married. That's something I didn't know. Peter was married. I relate to him a lot more. Like all humans before, their calling was a sinful man. In fact, he was ashamed of his sinfulness in the presence of Jesus Christ. Luke 5, 6, and 8. Peter was perhaps the very first disciple that Jesus called along with his brother Andrew. They were fishermen. Now, fishermen at this time were gruff, unkept, vile, shabbily dressed, and often used vulgar language. Nothing like the fishermen in Newport. (laughs) You guys are laughing. If there's any fishermen here, I apologize for the crowd. I am not with them at this moment. Now the fishermen back in those days were full of vigor, had boisterous tempers, This is perhaps why James and his brother, John, were called the sons of thunder in Mark 3.17. Theirs was a rough life since fishing was a very physical, demanding job. They must have been in unison with Jesus. Oh, my notes are, all right. So before, I was turning my pages this way, and then at the end, I flipped them this way. So we're pretty much done with the notes right now. (laughs) Sweet, I got 15 minutes. All right, shoot from the hip. So let's get to the word. Let's dive into the word. Yes. Second Peter 12 says, So I will always remind you of these things. Remind you of what things? Well, what we learned before. Faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. This is a man at the end of his life. This is a man writing a letter at the end of his life. I remember I was blessed enough to be at the end of my mother and father's life. I sat there next to my mother in her final days. And one of the things that I could remember is pretty much every word she told me. And the words my mother used when she was going to meet her maker, when she was gonna make her exodus, were a lot of things she told me. Things I already knew. The characters of my kids. How how my wife was a good wife how to take care of them, how to continue being the good man that I was at this time. And then she gave me some other instructions, one of them being, go back to Newport. Prophesying over ministering to me. And then she gave me another instruction, she said, shave your beard. <laughs> I'm 50% there. So maybe I'll shave... And I cut it down, you know, because we know, we serve Pastor Luke, and he's pretty, you know, he loves his beard. And so I figured, you know, I don't want to make the brother look bad. (laughs) So I cut my beard. It used to be a little farther, so I figured, uh, you know, we'll do that for him because I love him. (laughs) Even though you know them and are somewhat fearless, too, because some of the storm, oh, man. (laughs) All right. This is not good at all. (laughs) Listen, guys. I'm going to shoot right from the hip. I'm going to let the spirit lead me because I screwed my notes all up. And that is okay. My message today was unity. This doesn't work unless we're together. This This does not work unless we're together. And I know we're together in here. But are we together out there? I had a brother named Jerry Bonner, been trucking with the Lord his whole life, in his 80s. Loves the Lord. And I told him, brother, are you ready for the trumpet to sound? Are you ready to go home? He goes, do you have everybody coming that you know is already safe? Are you okay with that? Is anybody that you love going to be left behind? I didn't think of it that way. Is there anybody? that you guys love sitting in here, that's not in here right now. I know we're together here, but is there people out there that you're holding grudges on? Are there people out there that you're just not together with? Are there people out there? Oh and one person's leaving. All right, we're good, we're good. She's not going out the door. All right, I I mean one person, I'll take it, I'll take it. I think, yeah, all you guys are still here, praise the Lord. This doesn't work, guys, unless we're together. This doesn't work unless we're united, not just with the people in this building. The ship is leaving. It's going to fit. Everybody's on it. Everybody's fit on it, man. Go get people. One of the things that I do to help me remember, because that's what Peter's telling us to do. On his deathbed, he's pinning this out, and he's saying, remember these things. And the people that love him are going to remember because I will never forget the words coming out of my mom's mouth. I remember the smells. I remember how she said it. I remember everything about it. I remember what was playing on the TV. And I believe as Peter is going to meet his maker, as Peter's going to die well, I truly believe, truly believe, truly believe that unless we come together, unless we go out there and start pulling people in, saving people. If we let our own selfish pride, our own agendas, our own stuff getting in the way of that, then it's going to be a small ship. One of the things I do to remember is I go pull people out of the same place that I was pulled out of unconditionally. Whatever I got to do, I bring them to my homes. I argue with my wife about it sometimes, you know what I mean? I worry about my kids and, but at the end of the day, I know if I pray and it's in the word and my spirit is led to do it, I'm gonna do it. And I count no cost. That's what we gotta do, guys. The men that I've helped go and get off the street are as loyal and as happy and help me remember that there is a God and He loves us and that sins are all forgiven. That's how I keep remembering. The most important person in this room is not in this room. The most important people in our lives don't know Christ. When I first started this sermon, when I first was putting it together, I told my wife I was gonna play some Marvin Gaye and we were just, I was gonna get up here, we were just gonna groove for the Lord. That was one of the things I was gonna do. And because the sound or something happened with the soundboard, that didn't happen, and that's okay. But one of the reasons I was gonna do that is because how can we pray for a stranger? How can we lead somebody to Christ if we're too embarrassed to come out of our skin and do stuff that we just don't feel like the world? Just, huh? What are we doing? The person that came and got at me out of the muck and the mire, they, they didn't care what I thought. And they didn't care what people thought around me. I remember people praying for me on the street. And I'm looking around like, man, I hope, I hope my dope dealer doesn't see them praying for me, because he might not sell to me no more. Because he might have a conscience, too. I can't believe I can hear my notes. All right. Guys, 2 Peter 12, Ephesians 5, the whole Bible. It's important. It's the word of God. You can take my testimony. You can write it on a piece of paper. You can read it to people 100,000s of years from now. And unless they believe, one, it's the truth, and two, that it was written the correct way, then they're not going to really know me. There's going to be a question mark. And we serve a God, guys, that had performed miracles. I am a miracle up here. There's no reason I should be up here. There was a time that if I was up here, you guys were locking your cars. Boop, boop, yep, no, uh uh-uh. Go get my wallet out of the car. Honey, where's my purse? But because of miracles in my life, because of what the Lord did for me, because he let me see that I was loved, that heaven would not be okay without me. Because of that, I'm up here. And this same God that performs these kind of miracles, saved my son, uh, gave strength to my wife, this kind of God... I don't believe he can make sure that that book has everything we need in it. I'm not gonna believe this book because I don't believe the God that created the heavens and the earth had the ability to make sure everything that's in it is the truth. If you can't believe this, then I'm not driving with you in a GPS because the GPS is man-made as well and we follow that with our whole families and our whole hearts, believing that we're going to get to our destination. And the GPS is man-made. For a long time, when I was on the, I I cursed this book. Eh, I took bits and parts of it. I said, this is what I need from you today, God, and this is what I don't need. Because I didn't know the fullness of the Lord. I didn't know the fullness of his love. And if you don't know the fullness of his love, and you have people in your life right now that doesn't know the fullness of his love, go get them. And if you're one of those people, come see me. Because I'm not doing this alone. I got tons of brothers that come alongside me. And we do it together. That's what we need. I run, as, as they said, I... I, I, I Truck along with the men on Monday nights. I'm not an early morning person, so I do the nights. But we learn to invest eternally. We learn to be authentic men of Christ. Men, the church needs you because the women are already here. 87% of the churches in America, true story, 87% of the churches in America are women moms and wives and daughters praying for the men who are being attacked daily. And out of the little percentage of men that come to church, there's only 7% in America that actually read, serve, or even stay awake during service. And i like to thank all you men today because pretty much all of you guys are awake so, God is using and doing something. I love you guys, man. But it's not enough to love the people here. It's not enough to love the people across the table from you. It's not enough to love. It's not enough to love the people in your house, in your comfort zone. You gotta love outside your comfort zone. That's pretty good. On twelve thirty, had three minutes left. Woohoo! Praise the Lord. So I did all this work for nothing. All this (laughs) all this work for nothing. That's what the Lord told me. When I prayed hard, I'm like, Lord help use me. He goes, okay, just tell them a little bit about you, then get out of the way. And that's what I did. I got out of the way. So the ones that see me in first service, it was more, you know what I mean? Precise. I got through I think five pages of notes. You guys, you guys got the raw deal. And I don't mean the raw deal, and that sounded wrong. I mean, you guys got the raw, which is a good deal. <laughs> See what I did there? Suffer well. Oxymorons, man. God is not bound by things of this world. And that's why it's hard for me to understand, and that's why it's hard for people to understand when you love them outside of yourself on, with no condition. That's why that guy gave me the jewelry. He could not understand. I told him, brother, I'm blessing you. Here you go. And what's crazy is if the Lord would have led me, I would have went to my ATM and emptied out my bank account. I didn't, but I would have emptied out my bank account and I would have gave the brother everything if the Lord led me to. So I challenge you guys today. I praise the Lord that I don't have to be up here (laughs) next week because Pastor Luke passes COVID. But I challenge you guys, just one person. If everybody in here would leave here today and go call one person and say, you know what? My bad. I love you. And even if they hang up on you, call them back. And then call them back tomorrow. And be persistent like the Lord was persistent with me. 20 years I ran the streets and did things that I shouldn't do and and hurt many, many people. And the Lord pursued me. People say they found Jesus. Jesus found me. And he kept finding me. Let's not give up. We need the unity. We need to line up the lights or we're going to wreck and it can't just be in this boat. There's room for everybody, guys. Love and unity, it don't work without that. Let's pray. Father God, thank you Lord for leading me through this. My notes got all messed up, Lord, and you know I ain't perfect, and maybe that's why you called me up here, because I'm not perfect. As I read through the word, Father God, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, We're a bunch of men like me and Pete. Imperfect men making so many mistakes, even in our Christian walk. Peter denied Jesus after walking with Jesus, after seeing miracles. And the one true shining thing out of that is that it was okay. Jesus knows what we're going to do. He knows our mistakes yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he's okay with that. He doesn't want heaven without us. He died on the cross, and on his deathbed, he said it was done. It is done. So I pray right now, Father God, if anybody in here does not know Jesus, if anybody in here just walked in off the street and said, who is this, anybody in here, have them raise their hand, and let's say the prayer. So everybody in here, repeat after me, Jesus... I am a horrible sinner. The Apostle Paul said of sinners he was the worst. And that was before we were born. I ask you right now to come into my life. I believe that you died on the cross, working in unison with your Father and the Spirit. And then was raised from the dead for my benefit, not yours. So now I accept that, the newness that comes with that. And I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for these people here. You can stop copying me right now, that was We love you, Lord. We praise you. I thank you for everybody in this church, Father God. I thank you for the people that said that prayer. Hopefully somebody accepted you. If not, I know that somebody in here is going to go out today and he's going to say the sinner's prayer with somebody on the street. That's what it's all about, winning souls for the kingdom. It's got to work together. We need all of us. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. Jesus' name, amen.